Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to, uh, to study today. And while you're doing that, uh, if you'll bow in prayer with me as we get our hearts aligned with God. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, Lord, it's not us, it's not uh, who we are, but rather it is You that we come to worship. Lord, we don't come here to, to be satisfied by sitting in a cool room or on comfortable benches, but Lord, we come to worship You and to exalt You. And Father God, we, we come here today not to be entertained, not to be uh, uh, given a fun time, but rather we come to hear Your Word. We come to hear Your voice. We come to praise and worship You. And Father God, we pray that You would help us to hear the voice of Your Spirit within us. Lord, that You might cause us to draw ever closer to You and to walk in Your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. From time to time you'll see certain characters on uh, TV that are iconic. Uh, I, I think about some of the old-timey TV shows that used to be on a lot of times. I, I can remember as a little child going to visit my grandparents, and it didn't matter what uh, we thought we were doing. At a certain time, my grandparents said, okay, it's time. We all had to sit down and turn on Lawrence Welk show and watch Lawrence Welk that evening. And uh, I, I, th- I always thought, well, that's an old fuddy-duddy uh, show. But, you know, as I uh, was a little kid and I, I just took a few moments and started watching it along with uh, my parents and with my grandparents, I realized that it's a, it was a lot of fun. It didn't matter how old you were. It was a lot of fun to watch people playing music and dancing and singing and and it was just a good time and and those were iconic things of of watching television you just uh when you heard that that pop and the fizz uh on the television you knew it was time for lawrence welk and and, uh, just like on radio uh uh, when you were listening to the radio, uh, you, you knew that you were in for a, a really good story if you heard the announcer say, and now for the rest of the story. Uh, there are just certain things about television and about our lives that kind of got wrapped up with all of those characters. And one of the characters that I always really enjoyed on television, I grew up watching Andy Griffith on TV, and and, uh, even though it was a little bit before my time, I watched all the reruns that came on TV. And one of the characters that I really loved uh, other than 
you know, all the main characters. All the main characters were just wonderful characters, but they would throw in a, a character here and there that, that just really captivated you, and you just didn't know what to do with. And one of those characters was a little boy that walked around with a cowboy hat on, cocked back on the back of his head, and he would show up every once in a while at the courthouse and talk, uh, be there with Andy, and he would just stand there and look at Andy. He'd just stand there and look. He didn't say a word, not a single time. He didn't say a word ever that I can remember. Right before he'd leave, he'd he'd always be carrying a a peanut butter jelly sandwich. He'd He'd offer up that peanut butter jelly sandwich to Andy to take a bite. That was just such an adorable and lovable character because he didn't—he didn't—he was unfazed by everything that was going on. It didn't matter what was happening; he was just there to see what was going on, and he was always willing to share that peanut butter and jelly sandwich with whoever was there. And he always had some on his face too. He'd always—it wasn't one that he had been carrying around to help other people. It was one that he was eating and he was willing to share it with somebody else. Another adorable character that, that kind of transcended a lot of uh, television shows, especially uh, uh, from that era, was always a little kid that, that would be on the show and, and it didn't matter what was going on, the child would, and it was kind of a, a cliche almost for television, was you'd have a little child that would say, Why? Uh, well, Johnny, you got to go and wash up because uh, it's time to eat. Why? Well, you got to wash up because your hands are dirty. You've been playing. Why? Well, well you, you, you know, if you eat uh, your food with dirty hands, you'll eat the dirt that's on your hands. Why? You know, it didn't matter what was said, the child always had another question of why this and why that? Why do we need to do this and why do we need to do that? And and a lot of times, uh, those that character kind of symbolized for all of us that innate question within us. Why? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why is it that this is that way? And why is it is it that it, that's that way? My daddy got tired of me asking why, and he uh, right before my brother was born, he bought a whole set of encyclopedias because he was proud to be a papa. He was proud to be a daddy, and so he wanted to prepare to have a child that would have all the information he needed. So he he bit the bullet when a, a salesman came around and bought a whole set of encyclopedias. And I can remember uh, they would sit in our living room where we weren't allowed to go. And it was that that shrine of a of a family room where uh, uh, you know the family room was where everybody sat a- each evening, and we uh, you know it was kind of close to the kitchen where we'd eat and everything. But uh, the living room and the dining room was set aside for company, and so you never went in there. So why they put these encyclopedias in there, I don't know, but maybe it was to keep them safe and to keep them from getting damaged or whatever. But the bookshelf was just lined with these encyclopedias. And, of course, by the time I needed them, they were out of out of date and, and uh, they needed to be updated. But uh, anyway, Dad uh, got tired of, of me asking why. So he, I can remember from a very early age, Dad would pick up one of those encyclopedias and he'd say, here, you figure it out. 
it out. You find out why. You and he would help he would show me where to find it in the encyclopedia. And he said, one of the best lessons my dad ever taught me was is he said, Son, there's a wealth of knowledge that you're going past as you find what you're looking for. He said, Never never be in too much a hurry to slow down and stop and look at all the other things that are along the way as you're going to whatever you're finding. I love to see all the different little illustrations and the pictures of things as I was leafing through. And so something would catch my attention and I would stop and read about that and I'd have a question about something I read so I'd pick up another one and go find out what, why that was so in the other part of the encyclopedia and while I was finding that I would have questions about things that I saw while I was uh, leafing through and, and that, that innate question of why this and why that it's in all of us and a lot of times we uh, nowadays kids have it easy they, they talk to their phone and they say hey find out this find out that Siri uh, why is this that, this way and Siri why is that that way and, and Siri's got a little bit of attitude on her sometimes she'll tell you well it's just is or, or uh, I don't understand it or whatever uh, she cops out uh, every once in a while and, and just says I don't understand what you're asking I think she really does she just doesn't want to answer Anyway, uh, uh, we have those questions in us as well. We ask ourselves all these questions about different things. And a lot of times we're afraid to ask those questions, particularly in church, because we're afraid. I, I think uh, it's not that we're afraid of, the, uh, of, of asking the question. I think it's because we're afraid sometimes of the answer. I'm a, I think that a lot of times we we typically just don't want to under uh, to know the truth because we're afraid to find out the truth. Inherently, we know God placed within us His Spirit, and we know the truth. We know right and wrong. We know good from evil, and we know what is right. We just oftentimes don't want to know that it's right and follow what it is because we're sinful people. Today, uh, we're going to uh, start answering some of those whys with a particular passage of Scripture. It's found in Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, it's found in verse 5 and 6. Now, uh, we're, those are the verses we're going to look at. And what you need to understand is, is that Proverbs is broken down in chapters and verses. But a lot of times... Uh, 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 Proverbs isn't like in uh, the New Testament and other places where you have to read a lengthy passage of Scripture to understand uh, the context of what's going on. A lot of what is in Proverbs are uh, wise sayings and wise teachings that were being passed down from a father to a son. And a lot of those Proverbs were written by Solomon, uh, the wisest man in the world, but not all of them were written by Solomon. Um, a lot of them were written by 
uh, men who were very wise and understanding, very learned men. And it was primarily for the kings to, to share with their sons uh, those who would become king of the nation one day when, uh, when the, uh, their father passed away. And so a lot of the things that are written in Proverbs were written for the king uh, to share with the son, but it was, there were wise sayings for everyone uh, to live by and to follow. And so a lot of times a proverb may be just one verse and that's all the teaching that is found there in that one verse. Sometimes it's a couple of verses. So uh, today it's, it's two verses. We find it here in verse 5 and 6. We don't need to go uh, back verses or forward verses in order to define the whole truth of the meaning here. It's, uh, it, there's a lot of times grouped in uh, this. Uh, these groupings are about wisdom in this section here. It says uh, in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. And so what we uh, come to today is why do we need to trust in God? Why do we trust God? So uh, this... This passage of Scripture is loaded with information, and that's uh, the thing about Proverbs is, is that a lot of times, even in a very short few words, it conveys a wealth of teaching and a wealth of knowledge, and that's what we have in these two verses. Look with me, if you will, in the first verse. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart, and lean not in your own understanding. Now, how can that be uh, a wisdom? It sounds like one of those things of don't. Don't do this. Don't do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. Young people, a lot of times, tend to not like these kind of of, uh, sayings, particularly in in the Bible, but just in life. Uh, Son, don't get involved with the wrong people. Don't, uh, Don't go around with... Uh, When I was growing up, the the old saying was, don't go around with those who smoke and chew or or those who do. You know, just stay away from those people who are into trouble. Stay away from them. Why? Because, well, those people are in trouble for a reason. They make poor choices, so if you stay away from those people that make poor choices, you're not going to make poor choices. You know, there, there are wise sayings about life and about how to live life but a lot of times we don't want to listen to those things. Uh, uh, hey, when uh, when uh, you learn some of them, they're really practical. Like, for instance, uh, if the burner is red hot, that means what? You can't put your hands all over it, right? You can't set... Uh, uh, nowadays, you know, I've got a stove that uh, that's... That's flat. It doesn't have the the electric eyes or electric burners on there like my mama's was. Uh, we had those that kind forever and a day. But uh, when you come on home from uh, the grocery store or when you're uh, cooking stuff in the kitchen and you move the the frying pan off, if the fr- if the if the burner is still red, you know you can't set down groceries on top of it, or you can't put down a plate on top of it. Why? Because it's still hot. It's still burning hot, and it'll burn you if you're not careful if you put your hand down. Well, this passage of scripture is uh, one of those types of sayings. It says, "Trust in the Lord." Uh, with all of your heart. 
and lean not into your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So uh, here's a, 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 the first thing is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. When we're going through life, it's difficult to trust in God. When we're going through issues and problems and, and difficulties, we wanna, uh, we're inclined to say, well, I got that. I can take care of that. Um, your, your son or daughter's driving home from uh, a uh, uh, get-together with some of their friends and uh, one of the tires go out. What's our inclination? They call up mom and dad and say, hey, the, uh, the tire went out. We want to get in the car, run out there and help out. We want to just get in there, especially men. We're doers. We want to we wanna get in the car and fix it ourselves. And that's one of the problems we have in our relationships. Uh, wives, uh, uh, you uh, tend to just want to share your feelings and share what's going on in your life. Uh, and the problem is, is that we men, we, we want to jump in there and fix it all. We want to we listen to your problem and, and give you the solution to it as soon as you're done talking. And a lot of times all you want is just for us to listen to you and empathize with you. you we want to say, uh, you want us to say, oh, that, that's just terrible. Not, here's how you do it. You take this and you do this and you do that and you do this and, and you just take care, you just march in there and you, and you tell them how is no that's the man's approach of things and that's that's how we men are, are made and built to do we we tend to attack the issues and the problems and but you're just wanting support you're just wanting a consoling ear you're just wanting someone to to affirm your feelings and to affirm the way that you're doing and a lot of times we we have a tendency men uh, we tend to jump into things before we really think about what we're doing. This verse says, trust in the Lord. That means we're not to simply always go about trying to do things on our own. We do this in church too. Well, we've got a problem with the pump out here on the well. Well, we'll call up the so uh, the mechanic. Uh, we'll we'll all go out there and look at it for about twenty minutes, and then decide that we can't do uh, do anything about it, even though none of us know anything about the well. Uh, then we'll uh, then we'll talk to each other about. Uh, the whole fact that we we never seen anything like that, and then we'll decide that we're going to call somebody to come out and take a look at the well and fix the well, and then they'll come out and they'll fix it, and then we'll uh, we'll get the treasurer to write up a check, and we'll we'll uh, send a check to the man that came out and fixed it, and we've taken care of it. Well, maybe it's just that God wants us to slow down. Sometimes there are problems and issues in our life that are not meant for us simply to just go and take care of things. A lot of times, God places things in front of us to cause us to, to pause for a moment and to realize that God is God. God's the one that takes care of us. God's the one that provides for us. 
when we want to run in there and jump and take care of the issue and take care of the problem, we've cut God out of the whole thing uh, situation. And we get to a point where instead of relying upon God, we're relying, well, here, let's see, I got so much money in my account and I think I can get somebody over here to take care of it. That's me taking care of things rather than God. God's telling us in this proverb that we're to trust in God with all our heart. Trust in Him. Trust and rely upon God. When's the last time that... Well, a lot of times we, uh, you know, we like to have the same mentality of, uh, well, God is my co-pilot. You know, the bumper st- we live in a bumper, st- uh, bumper sticker lifestyle. Well, a lot of people aren't putting bumper stickers on their car anymore, but <coughs> we tend to come up with little piffy statements about our life, and we jam that statement on the back of our car is is our mantra. But the problem is is that a lot of times those pithy statements sound decent and good, but they're not right. God shouldn't be our co-pilot. God is our pilot. We ought to be in there letting God lead us in the direction that we ought to go. God is my... uh, We ought to have a bumper sticker instead of saying God is my co-pilot. We ought to say uh, God is my banner. I follow Him. Wherever He leads, I'll go. We need to follow Him regardless of what He leads, uh, what comes our way. Regardless of what, wherever we're going, we ought to trust in Him and rely upon Him. But no, we want to we want to do things on our own until everything gets in in into trouble, and then we want to turn to God. And, you know, another one is let go and let God. You know, uh, Jesus take the wheel. Well, child, why were you with holding on to the wheel in the first place? God is the one that needs to direct your life. God's the one that needs to be leading you in the way. Let go and let God. You should have never took hold of the wheel in the first place. You see, we get things all mixed up and we get things all turned around and we think that we can take care of things. And then when real trouble comes along, we let God. Oh, I can't handle this anymore, so I'm going to let God. I'm going to start praying now. You know, that's like the mother that has a child, and the child gets to be unruly, and the child gets into trouble. And then uh, finally, when the child gets put into jail, that's when the mama starts to pray. No, you ought to have been praying before you even had that child. You ought to have been praying for that child all along while you were pregnant. You ought to have been praying all along uh, for that child and the child's development, and you ought to have been close to God all along. Maybe the child wouldn't have gotten in trouble in the first place if you would have been trusting in the Lord and God uh, allowing Him to guide you and guide that child. But even if even if trouble did come along, you'd have known what to do when the trouble did come. God would have already been in charge and control. You see, too often we tend to try and trust in our own way. We try and do our own things. And all along, God's telling us we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Trust in Him regardless if, you know, uh, some years back we started having the, uh, instead of 
I was going through some things in, in the basement of uh, things that I used to have and use and all the time. And, and uh, there's some things in the basement that's been sitting in the basement for about two years now that I haven't even looked at, hadn't even wondered where they are. One of those things uh, is a, a road map. You remember road maps? I remember having a AAA membership where if I was going on a trip across country, they'd make a, a map that's specifically for my trip. And I could get another map that had the whole region uh, on there and it would have marked uh, the route that I was supposed to go. But not anymore. We, we, uh, years ago, we started relying on little boxes that we put in our cars that told us, hey, turn here. And then 500 feet, turn there. Uh, in uh, two miles, you'll be turning onto such and such a road. And a lot of people got into some troubles, got into some difficulty because they were listening to the little voice uh, on the dash that was saying, uh, turn here instead of the little voice inside their head that was saying, uh, that, that, that road goes into a ditch. And people would just drive wherever the voice was saying regardless of where it was going. And some people wound up uh, in the lake or wound up uh, on a deserted road and it wasn't anywhere close to where they were supposed to be going. We're supposed to trust in God with all of our heart. Even when it doesn't seem like we're going in the direction that we had anticipated or we had hoped, a lot of times we, we don't understand where God is leading us. But He says, don't just trust in God, but trust in God with all of your heart and don't even lean on your own understanding. A lot of times we tend to want to... to, to Follow our own mind and our, our own heart until we look, uh, until we get to a point where we're in trouble and we can't figure it out ourselves. And then we call on God. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not just when things are going bad, but with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. The Bible tells us that God's ways are greater than ours, that He knows things greater than we could ever fathom. God's, God's mind is, is and his, his understanding is so much greater. Why would we ever trust in our own way? Well, that's just our nature, isn't it? That's our own. And to be quite honest... It's our own sinfulness. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can handle this. I, don't worry about it. You know, it starts at a young age when we're trying to teach a little baby how to walk. And you remember how you used to hold a little baby's hands and, and they would go about trying to walk and, and everything. And there'd come a point where you would, uh, they would start to to hit at your hand when you go to hold their hands because they wanted to do it themselves. So I've got this. I can hold on to everything I'm going by. I don't have to hold your hand. I've got it. And that's, that's how we do in our life too. We feel like we, we got to do it ourselves. God tells us we need to trust in God. Don't lean in your own understanding. Don't lean in into your ways in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths 
You see, it's not just simply that that we need to let go and let God or that we need to uh, let Jesus take the wheel. We need to not just acknowledge the fact that God's ways are above our ways. What we need to do is we need to come to the point where, where in everything we do, you see this is about kingship. It's not about just knowledge. Who's the Lord of your life? Who has supremacy in your life? When we're little, we understand that mom and dad know better than we know ourselves. When we're little, we understand, Daddy, can I go over here and play over here? Yes, son, you can go over there. We know to ask mom and dad if we can do certain things. Daddy, can I can I have a candy bar? Yes, son, you can have a candy bar. It's early enough. Uh, you know, you're not going to spoil your supper. Daddy, can I do this? Daddy, can I do that? We know instinctively that we're supposed to ask for permission, and we know and we trust and rely on a, the wisdom and understanding and knowledge of our parents for direction. But we get to a point, don't we, where we stop asking mom and dad. We think, oh, well, I, I can, daddy let me have a candy bar yesterday. I can have one today uh, without having to ask daddy. No. Daddy's the one in charge. Mama's in charge. So I need to ask mom and dad first. That's not only acknowledging the fact that they're in charge, but it also is relying upon their wisdom. We do the same thing with God. I'm not falling off a cliff today, so I'm good. I don't have to ask God about anything today. No. In our life, we need to be asking God for direction and guidance whether things are going bad or things are good. When things are great, we need to be saying, God, you're blessing me with all of this wonderful thing. God, what am I supposed to be learning now while things are great? Lord, provide for me the wisdom so that I know what to do when I'm about to fall off the cliff. God, give me direction and guidance so that I won't get too close to the cliff. God, help me to have direction and, and understanding so that, I under, uh, so that I learn what I'm supposed to learn now so it'll keep me from that cliff. You see, we tend, to, we tend to allow our own understanding and our own wisdom to get in the way when things are good because we think that, oh, nothing's happening right now. I don't need to, to bother God about things right now. Just wait until it gets big enough of a problem and then I'll go to God. No. He wants us to, to come before Him and to plead, God, show me and guide me. It shows lordship, uh, understanding of His wisdom. It shows a maturity in us about understanding and knowing what we're supposed to be doing. It demonstrates to God our willingness to allow Him to guide and direct us in everything. You know, uh, the Bible tells us that we're to, to ask God for direction and guidance in every decision we make. Well, does that mean, Brother Carl, that I'm supposed to ask God what I'm supposed to put on in the morning before I even get dressed? Well, yes, it does. You need to allow God to direct you in what is 
the right modest type of clothing to wear, the, the kind of clothing that demonstrates the love of God in your life, the kind of clothing that God would be uh, approve of in your life? Does that mean I've got to ask God what, what I should wear when I go swimming in the swimming pool? Yeah, it really should uh, guide you in that and what you should uh, eat, you know, what you should eat in the morning. Well, surely I can eat a bowl of cereal without asking God. Well, you know, God desires for you to, to use the, the benefit of what He's given you, and that includes your body. And you need to be a proper steward of your body, which means that, that you need to, to ask God, God, am I being a proper steward of what you've bestowed upon me today, and how should I care for it so that I can use it to the utmost to your glory? You see the difference? You're not owning yourself you're allowing God to have ownership lordship of your life when you ask God even the most simplest questions because really it comes down to the fact that God allows you to have each moment of your life God allows you to have the breath in your in your lungs God allows you to have the health that you enjoy this day God allows you to have the voice that you have within your uh, within your life <coughs> Excuse me. And so each and every little thing is a gift of God, is a blessing of God, is a allowance that God allows you to have, and it is a uh, uh, it is what God deems you to have in your life, and you need to use it to His glory and His honor and His uh, and His righteousness in your life. So in every little decision I make, in everything that I do, in every way in which I go, in every place that I uh, go, that means everything I see with my eyes. God gave me the blessing of my eyes. I should not uh, waste that blessing. I should not dishonor that blessing by looking at things that God does not desire for me to look at. Everything that I hear, I have the ability to hear and to listen. God doesn't have to grant me that ability. You know, you have tiny little hairs in your ears tiny little hairs that dictate whether or not you can hear things and guess what the older we get those hairs fall out just like the hairs on the top of your head you could wake up tomorrow and not have have the ability to see you could wake up tomorrow and not be able to hear God doesn't have to give you that ability to, ha- uh, to hear things. So you need to ask God, God, you've blessed me with the ability to hear. Should I be listening to these things or should I listen to someone else, uh, something else? God, should I take out of my hearing uh, these things that dishonor you or should I only allow the things that only give you the glory and honor in my life? God, you're the one that blessed me with the ability to get up out of this bed. How should I use this day for your glory, for your honor? How should I live today? That's what God wants for us to do. That shows lordship and kingship in our life. It demonstrates to God that we're not trying to take ownership of our life, that He has the ownership of our life because He uh, purchased our life with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And And He alone deserves the right and the ability to tell you everything that you do, every moment of your life. God should be directing you 
Not just in the big things, how you spend your money, how, uh, where you'll uh, spend the rest of your life, how you'll, uh, the decisions you'll make about what you're going to do and what you're going to be, but every decision in your life. There's nothing flippant with God. Everything is important and essential in your life. And when you say, no, I'm going to make this decision about this because I, God doesn't need to be telling me about this. Oh, really? That's, that's grabbing back at the straws of your life. You're taking ownership of something that doesn't belong to you. That's called stealing. And you're trying to take, wrestle the lordship of God out of your hand, out of God's hands and it back into your hands. Guess what? That's idolatry. Because you're saying, I'm God. I know better than God. That's blasphemy. Everything in your life, everything, you ought to go to God. And say, God, does this, does this bring honor and glory to you? God, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you. Why? Because you are the Lord of my life. You are the one who has dominion in my life. You are the one who is wiser than I'll ever understand or even be able to cap- uh, capable of comprehending, let alone achieving in my own life. I'm not going to try and take that away from you. I'm going to allow you to have lordship and kingship of my life. I'm going to allow you to make those decisions in my life because I can't possibly even understand the breadth and the length and the depth of all that you understand. So in everything that I do, and in all the things that I do, I'll trust in you. We want to wonder so much. We focus so much on people coming down the aisle and accepting Jesus Christ into their heart and life as their Savior. We forget a lot of times that we were to ask Him to be the Lord of our life as well. And we want to take the benefit and the and the the goodness of God to give us salvation. Oh, I got my ticket out of hell now. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm a child of God. But we forget that He's to be the Lord of our life as well. He can't be your Savior if He's not your Lord. He can't be your Lord if He's not your Savior. He can't be one without the other. You can't have the benefit of Jesus Christ taking the sins of your life away if He's not also the Lord of your life as well. Let's pray. Lord, Father, be be the Lord of my life. Help me to trust in You. Help me to rely upon You in everything I do. Oh God, it, it makes so much more significance in my life when I think of all the time I've wasted 
All the time I've, I've piddled away moment after moment after moment that you gave to me that I should have been living for you. God, forgive me for wasting moments that you destined for me to do something else that exalts you, that extends the kingdom of Jesus Christ, that glorifies you. And I wasted it. I piddled it away. Or even worse, I did something contrary to your desire and sinned against you. Father God, help me to make you the Lord of my life in everything and in every way to live for you. In the blessed holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen.